Welcome to Conversations in Equine Science. My name is Kate Acton and I'm joined by Nancy McLean. And this is the podcast where we take equine research and try and make it accessible to horse owners and enthusiasts alike. Remember that with each topic we discuss, it's important to get professional advice before implementing any of the strategies. week, Nancy and I will be looking at a paper that is titled Effects of Transport Conditions on Behavioural and Physiological Responses of Horses. This paper is by Barbara Palladino and Sharan L. Razel, and it was published in January of 2020. So it's a new paper looking at those kinds of physiological responses during transport, which It's definitely a hot topic, and we've had some requests for this in the past. So the aim of this study was to document the effects of 12 hours of confinement in comparison with 12 hours of transportation in either single or wide bays and allowing the horse to either face backward or forward. And then it looked at and documented the horse behavior, physiological, laboratory, and gastrocytic gastroscopy parameters so this I think was really interesting definitely um from my point of view I have always had a mare that was very difficult to load and became incredibly stressed um even on short journeys and what I think was interesting from this is you know they determined that where horses face backwards they actually are able to stabilize a lot better and feel a lot more and relaxed because they've got better control but so many of our horse trailers are designed for the horses to face forward in travel and I think now maybe that was definitely something I could have tried um have you ever transported horses backwards Nancy yes we had a uh, four horse trailer um, that we used on the racetrack that would have two horses facing forward And then across from them, two horses facing backwards. And I never did uh, correlate the ones facing, you know, backwards as maybe performing better once we got to that racetrack. But, um, you know, I I wish I would have been able to maybe even uh, video the, the compartment while we were going Um, But I did not notice. I was always of the era when they came out with horses transported at a 45 degree angle were better able to balance themselves. And that probably was in late 90, early 2000. Those studies came out. And actually, my horse trailer I currently have. I put the horses at a 45 degree angle. So, but I I tell you what, I think the main message of this paper is trailering is stressful. So let's mitigate that stress as much as possible. And I think the only way a person can really mitigate the stress is through um, driving technique because mm-hmm. if you can break gently take curves you know um 
I guess, where it would benefit the horses and maybe um, watch any type of, of movement that could make them lose their balance. I think that would help regardless of if they're forward, backward, or 45 degree angle facing. Definitely. And that came to my mind as well. I was thinking, you know, if you find yourself day to day driving where your passenger who is human is gripping onto that handle of the door, (laughs) maybe you need to just consider, even if you are being more conscientious and slower with a trailer. I mean, trailers are dangerous to drive. You know, you, you really have to have good control and you shouldn't be sharp braking or taking corners like the risk is just especially I'm thinking of you know these small two horse trailers yeah but that risk of jackknifing or toppling and it doesn't bear to even think about how catastrophic that could be so I think there is definitely more emphasis needed when it comes to transporting, you know, who is actually qualified to transport the animals? I think driver ability has a huge bearing on the stress levels. And then also, I used to tether my horse uh, when we would go anywhere because I was told tethering is the safest. Now, mm-hmm. I don't tether anymore. They they go into the, the trailer and... I do take that lead rope and just kind of ground tie them and let them get their own, put their head in a position that is good for them. Because if you watch a horse falling asleep, you'll notice to maintain their balance, their head will drop low. And a lot of times in trailers, when you tether them, you've got their head too high for them to be able to maintain balance. And that is one change that I have made in recent years. And most of the time I completely unhook the lead rope, but they always say, if you get in an accident, you you don't wanna be messing around getting them haltered or uh, snap a lead rope on them if you need to get them out of that trailer. So um, I, I try to, have it safely um, in there, but just not hooked up. So, And if you think as well, you know, in some of these trailers where you've got the individual partitions and you've got those um, bars, the front and back bars, you know, there are different heights that you can put them. And I mean, this study found that obviously the horses are better off not, you know, in this kind of, partition in this small confined space they're better having room being able to move being able to face backwards as nancy said untethered which i have to say having never transported a horse untethered i think i would be very nervous definitely the first time doing it i'd be worried about how much movement would happen in the trailer but the bars you know how high are you putting those are you are you kind of forcing the horse to keep their head in an uncomfortable position and if they're traveling for any length you know they don't get the rest and then that's again Nancy as you said when you arrive there are you expecting them to do a competition after having their muscles tensed and being braced for you know maybe a four-hour journey or longer I was really surprised how their muscle enzymes and cortisol levels were high um 
when they were constantly having to maintain their balance. And that means they lost their balance at some point on the video and they had to maintain or re-get their balance again. And those horses that that happened to in this study, their muscle enzymes were elevated. So they had to put a lot of effort into staying stable in that trailer. And so you're, you're maybe taking to a competition and then you're going to be stressing those muscles again. It, this really made me rethink that when you, you go to compete, you've got to get there a day or so early to let the horse acclimate from all the cortisol and enzyme response the trailering creates. Definitely. And it even says, because we know cortisol, that stress hormone, um, well, it didn't say in this paper, I don't believe, but that can actually remain in our bloodstream for a number of days as humans and as animals. You know, stressful events can actually um, resonate and take, I believe, up to six days, but I will stand correct on that one. I think... Um, Richard, Somewhere in my brain is saying six days. Yeah, I think Richard Mott, um, he reiterated that in that episode, that cortisol can be tracked for a number of days after a stressful event. But you know what really shocked me, Kate, is the gastric ulcers that occurred. Because in this study, they scoped them before trailering, and then they did a 12-hour haul overnight, and then they rescoped them after transportation, and they had ulcers that were yeah. not their previous. I had no idea they could develop that so quickly. quickly. And particularly the fact that they found those ulcers were linked to, um, you know, where there was increased number of movements, where the horse had to lean on the partition and there was more loss of balance. Yeah. So, you know, this all increases the stress in that horse. Um, because at first when I read that, I was like, leaning on the partition, how did that cause a stomach ulcer? But it is, it's the horse is, you know, in. I mean, I don't think we could really imagine that state, especially in younger horses who are not conditioned to those long journeys. But being a number of hours off balance and, you know, in a very confined space, which is going to resonate with the horse as being difficult to get up if they go down, you know, they are spatially aware and they need a massive, well, not a massive, but they need a significant amount of space to be able to get down and get up again easily. Yeah. And all of that is going to lead to the stress level becoming so high and those gastric ulcers coming up essentially overnight, you know, which is fascinating. So we know in humans, like gastric ulcers tend to be more slow burners. You know, they come on over a period of time. Yeah. And they, they did remove um, food and water from them. So that was along with it that not only do they have this stress going on and they, um, without food and water, the gastrointestinal tract had slowed because they listened for gut sounds. And, um, you know, they all had um, 
some gut sounds, but it had significantly slowed. And I think that would make a difference too, um, not being able to forage. And I know some people hang hay nets when they're traveling and all that. Um, you just wonder how often they really do eat uh, when they're under that kind of stress. And if you don't have water, I mean, should they be eating all that forage without having anything help kind of slush it through? So mm -hmm. um, it, it, it is, um, there does have to be some mitigation of stress during trailering. I mean, you take these prey animals and you put them in this box, it's like a cave and you haul them off. It's no wonder that there are um, stress and stress triggers, but being good horse trainers, horse owners, whatever, um, we can mitigate some of them and try to make it better. Definitely. And I would say for anyone who is in the process of um, acclimatizing horses to trailering, I mean, slow and steady, lots of praise, feed them in the trailer. There are so many different tricks you can look up for getting them used to going in and out and that can mitigate some of that stress. Make the horse so familiar and comfortable and do like mock journeys. You know, don't just trailer them every time you go to a competition like I did when I was younger. <laughs> and then my horse was a ball of stress. Yeah. You know, it's all about getting them habituated and make it a, not a big deal and make it as uneventful as you possibly can. And that will work out by far the best for them. But uh, another outcome was the um, injury in the respiratory and then gastrointestinal disease that trailering our transportation creates. And I had no idea, but you know, respiratory illnesses, just because I guess they're not out in good airflow um, when you're trailering. So if you can have a, the windows open on your trailer or have a stock trailer, that's more open, that would possibly cut down on some of those respiratory illnesses. Definitely. Um, I think that was everything I had on this one, Nancy. Did you have anything else to add? I had the one thing I couldn't believe it was actually written in a research paper, but it was that horses can sense when they're close to home because they would get restless and do a lot of behaviors, licking behaviors and, and whinnying and all that. And I find that to be a hundred percent true because when I'm trailering and we get in the vicinity of the farm, they start screaming to their oh. herd buddies and we can be three miles down the road and the screaming begins you know so I know that to be true because it's so uncanny how they know when they're getting close to home you know uh, I've thought about this with traveling home with my dogs because I live four hours from um my family home and I stop or like slow down through so many towns so many cities on the way home and the dogs don't react at any point but they know once we're getting to like that road coming into the town I live in and they would never even be walked on that road or anything 
but they know once we get there. And then when we're doing the reverse journey, you know, so many times I put them in the car and we drive about Dublin city, not a problem, but we're on the way back up. They know when we've gotten back to the city and they're excited again because, you know, it's their second home. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, to think courses are the same. They yeah, definitely. Close, And I thought I knew that all along, but you know, I didn't have any scientific proof, but they've got it because they videoed and every horse knew when they were getting close to their farm or where their stable um, was. So that's kind of neat. You know, they they know. And uh, I think if we can just provide a better balance situation for them, because I think in this paper, it shows that it's the balance that is the main culprit for distress. And if we can just learn to drive and to make the situation as easy on them to stay on their feet as possible, um, I think it, it would be better for the horse. Definitely. Yep, that's all I had. Um, I just wanted to give a quick shout out because we've had some lovely feedback this week from listeners. Um, Caitlin on Instagram sent us a message to say this is the exact podcast I've been looking for as someone who's in the medical field for humans and a horse owner I'm absolutely obsessed with the sciences in regards to horses I'm so thankful to have stumbled upon the podcast thank you so so much I'm constantly observing my horses more and more with the information you present which definitely made my and Nancy's day when we seen that because that's I mean that's the whole aim for everyone to just be a little bit more aware and to make the horses happier through um anything that we can kind of divulge so (laughs) that's a success to us and we also had a message then from uh Christy equine therapy on Facebook who says, another fantastic podcast from Conversations in Equine Science. Can't recommend these podcasts enough. It's great to see the conversation and making sure you've correctly fitting saddle move to include a well-fitting girth too. So thank you to Christy and Caitlin. Um, any positive reviews at all really do make our day. And any, if you want to open up the discussion too, you know, if you... Um, have done something a different way and you're like well I heard you guys do it this way what do you think about this you know we love diving more into the topics and discussing that so please do feel free to reach out and if you are listening to the podcast on Apple please do um, rate us and subscribe if you enjoy it if you don't you don't have to (laughs) (laughs) yep support us with a five-star review Um, at iTunes. So that would be wonderful. And uh, we love doing this. And thanks for all the support. We appreciate it. So until next week. Talk to you then. And thanks so much, Kate. Thanks, Nancy. Take care. Bye bye.